Welcome to the Vital Dawn Podcast for Monday, April 13th. S&P futures are trading down about 34 points. That's 1.2%. And they've been there essentially for the last several hours. Europe was closed across the board. Asia, the Asia had a couple of markets closed, including Hong Kong and Australia, and the ones that were open saw minor losses. Um, so a few themes to kind of run through this morning. You know, relatively quiet given that Europe's closed. Um, you know, not a lot of news specifically out Monday morning, although there were certainly a lot to digest going back over the three-day weekend. So just on oil, um, you know, you had a lot of OPEC plus meetings, unofficial meetings, formal meetings, conference calls, phone calls, etc. Um, you know, I think that there are a ton of numbers being reported on the tape. You have the formal official OPEC plus press release, which is going to be cutting 9.7 million barrels a day, May and June, and that's going to be tapered off over the coming months and years. However, you have sources, quote unquote, being cited in OPEC that claim that the ultimate supply demand imbalance change is about 20 million barrels per day. Um, I run through where they get to that math. Um, you know, I think, you know, before there was fake news, there was fuzzy math. And, you know, it strikes me that that getting from 9.7 million to 20 million um, is quite a stretch as far as what they're assuming. You did not get any formal contributions from the non OPEC plus countries. So, US, Norway, Canada, et cetera, um, you know, are all citing the quote unquote organic reductions that were taking place in response to market forces. These are not cuts that are being mandated by the government. Therefore, they can reverse. Uh, you know, once prices start to stabilize and rally, there is also an announcement that should be coming out in the next couple of days that you're going to see a lot of the major, um, a lot of the major economies around the world are going to start buying oil for their national stockpiles. That's going to be worth about three million barrels per day. Again, unclear how long that's going to be in place for. That could just be a month or two months. Um, you know, remember in the U.S., that had been one of the initial ideas proposed by Trump. But funding for that was stripped out of the recent stimulus bill. So, you know, I think as far as crew is concerned, and this has been, you know, this has been kind of my view for a couple of days now, I think it's very unlikely you'll see Brent set new lows. But as far as Brent really materially rallying, that's going to come down to the same thing that will drive markets, um, you know, across the board, which is the pace at which these uh, these coronavirus Lockdown measures will be lifted, and then you know the extent to which economic activity normalizes. So I don't think I don't see oil really rallying materially from here. I also don't see it setting new lows. So you know a lot more on crude. I lay everything out um, in the vital dawn this morning. You know a couple of other themes and trends from the weekend. Um, you know again we've had this kind of plateauing in 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 the coronavirus statistics from Europe and the U.S. That remains in in place. And actually, you could definitely say that you're seeing not just a plateauing, but you're seeing kind of a mild descent from the apex. So the hospitalization figures in particular, which are thought to be the most leading indicator, um, are really moving in the right direction, especially in New York, which is the U.S. epicenter. Um, And that's also taking place globally. You're now in this phase of lifting lockdown measures. So Austria becomes the first country in the West to kind of formally emerge from coronavirus lockdown. That's due to take place tomorrow. You could see Spain, Italy, and Germany announce mild lockdown restriction eases um, over the coming days. But May is really the big month that you're going to see most countries in Europe and then in the U.S. probably really start to kind of move into this phase of normalization, lifting lockdown measures without sparking resurgence in in cases, um, implementing a variety of different behavioral changes. Um, you know, to get economies back on a more normal footing. And that I think is going to be the big next step for this market. How does that occur? 
How quickly does it occur? Does it occur without sparking, um, again, another resurgence in cases? And, and I think that kind of remains to be seen. And until you get more clarity on that front, I think it's going to be very hard for markets to get above 2,800. So my view has been that you know, you've had a very, very powerful rally now going back um, you know, to March 23rd, which was the trough. Um, you've had a rally based on huge monetary stimulus, huge fiscal stimulus, and then this kind of plateauing in data. The next step is going to be, again, descending from the apex, descending definitively from the apex. Um, it's not going to be a linear process. You're going to see kind of ebbs and flows, I think, in the data, and then resuming economic activity. And again, that won't be linear also. I think you're going to see um, you know, countries will, will ease some restrictions and they may be forced to re-implement them depending on how the data unfolds. Um, you know, so I think that it's not surprising at all that we pause here. We give a little bit back. I think, um, you know, 2,600 should hold as a level in the S&P, just given, I think, all the progress that has occurred on the stimulus front. Um, but again, I think getting above that level is going to be difficult for the time being. Um, and just to keep some math, you know, l- looking at some earnings and multiples on the most generous assumptions, and this is 2021 earnings, a very generous 21 earnings forecast and 18 times, you still don't get the S&P above 3,000, um, you know, just to keep them th- some things in perspective. I know as of Thursday, sentiment had become quite bullish. Um, but I think, again, given the fact that this next phase of the coronavirus battle, this descent and, and resumption, plus if you look at, again, on best case scenarios, you don't really get this market above 3,000. Um, I think that all kind of um, you know urges ca- caution at, on the market here. Um, just quickly on stimulus, you obviously on Thursday you had a lot of um, you know a lot of optimistic commentary, justifiable, given that the Fed kind of crossed a very important Rubicon by opening up asset purchases to include high yield bonds, um, and that certainly is encouraging and positive. But the the major stimulus actions were taken on the twenty third. That was when the Fed committed to, um, you know, essentially unlimited quantitative easing. And then on the 25th, when you had the Senate agree on the stimulus bill, that 400 billion infusion into the Treasury's exchange stabilization fund, that ESF, the exchange stabilization fund, is what is capitalizing all these Fed liquidity facilities. And then those facilities are going out and providing, um, are, are buying assets in certain markets, including the high yield market on Thursday. But again, it was from it was from kind of that late March announcement, the twenty third and the twenty fifth. That was the real major stimulus announcement. Um, all the rest is kind of just filling in detail. So there really wasn't a lot incremental that occurred Thursday, other than they filled in some of the details about how that partnership was going to function. Um, which is why, as you know, if you look at kind of the progression of U.S. stimulus, they have done an extraordinary amount, much more than they ever did during the financial crisis. But we're near the end stages of it. We're not near the beginning. Um, again, and Thursday was more um, it was more iterative. It wasn't necessarily this kind of big fundamental shift. The big fundamental shift came earlier um, back in March. So that's kind of the broader um, you know the broader kind of macro outlook. There were some headlines about coronavirus treatments over the weekend. Um, you know, positive news on this Gilead drug, uh, remdesivir. And also, we're going to be so we're going to be getting major trial data on the Gilead drug as well as one from from, from Regeneron over the coming weeks. It could even be uh, this week. It's not 100% clear, but that will definitely be on the tape by the end of April. Um, and then you also have, uh, I would say, there were there were discouraging headlines about chloroquine and high, uh, and and um, about as far as it being a treatment for coronavirus. 
Um, so that's definitely going to be in focus. There were, you know, a little bit of a controversy overnight with Trump tweeting out something that would suggest that he is again uh, displeased with Fauci. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think that um, you know Fauci's job is at risk at the moment, but you know, certainly it's a very delicate relationship uh, between him and the White House. Um, on the calendar for today, there really is not anything. The, the last kind of big oil catalyst we were waiting for was uh, the Saudi Arabia setting prices for May, which is actually just crossing the tape as we speak at 530. Um, you know, again, I, th- I, you know, I think I think we're kind of there's way too much uh, news as far as oil is concerned um, or, or the amount of the volume of news overstates the importance of kind of what actually happened. So, you know, I think the views on, on oil, um, you know, again, that you're not going to set new lows, but there's really not necessarily a lot of reason to rally materially either. Um, you know, beyond today, you know, go, going into tomorrow, the big focus will be on earnings. So we have bank earnings that kick off Tuesday morning, JP Morgan and Wells Fargo are the big ones that continues throughout the week. You have a lot of Chinese economic data this week, including the Q1 GDP report on Friday. Um, and then, uh, you know, the weekly claims I think are going to be in focus again, just because you had a small decline last week. So if you have the, uh, claims figures kind of hit a plateau, that would obviously be, um, you know, an, an encouraging development. And that would, that would kind of go alongside the plateauing that we've seen in the coronavirus data. Um, not a ton of micro news, although there was a lot of kind of debt restructuring news out over the weekend. So, um, you know, concerning AMC, concerning Macy's. Um, you had JP Morgan is tightening mortgage underwriting standards in the U S that's, that's going to be interesting and important. Um, Bloomberg has a big article on the iPhone, the, you know, the, the, uh, the 5g iPhone that is due out this year. Um, the most incremental part of it was just a comment that they are not going to delay it, that they will still have it out this year. You know, there had been some controversy about whether Apple would wind up pushing that launch into next year. Um, you know, just given a lot of the coronavirus disruptions, but the article claims that they're still on track to have them out this year. Uh, so that is it for today. Um, you know, a lot more to go through in the Vital Dawn. So make sure to check it out. And thank you everyone for listening.